Thank you for tuning in to Conroe United Pentecostal Church today. We pray that this podcast is a blessing to you. If there is ever anything we can do for you, please email admin at conroeupc.org. We were driving around the corner to get here. You got caught in traffic. Uh, but we've all felt stress and we've all felt the hustle and bustle of the day. But I believe tonight we're going to leave here encouraged and strengthened thanks to the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 23 says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take you, Mary, your wife, for, uh, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And these next couple of verses is what I want to focus on. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and thou shalt call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. I am thankful that here tonight, uh, what is it, December 4th, December 3rd, uh, whatever the date is, we have the comfort of the Holy Ghost uh, with us tonight. I'm thankful that God is here with us. That's what Emmanuel means, is God with us. We have a God who dared to come down to creation, the very creation that he created. The word became flesh and dwelt among us, dwelt among men. I'm so thankful that he did that. Why did he do that? For the brokenness of sin, so he can redeem us. He came to heal us. He came to make us better. And that was not just something for the New Testament. Uh, I'm thankful tonight that God is still in the redeeming business. Uh, He is still in the healing business. Uh, He is still in the heart mending business. He is still in the disease curing business. That is the God that we serve. Luke chapter 4 says this. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of of the Lord. I want to focus on two on three words though at the very beginning of this passage. He has sent. God has sent him. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. So if you're here tonight and you're dealing with things in your life that have your heart broken, guess what? That's why Jesus came. If you're here tonight and you feel like you are living in bondage, guess what? The Spirit of the Lord is here for you to take you out of the captivity of your mind and the sin that you are living in, that is the purpose of Jesus coming to earth. Jesus was born in a messy place. Jesus was born in a stable. Jesus was born in, was born in a barn. Some people say born. Jesus was born in a barn, just depending on where you're from. But he was born in a very messy place. 
But it wasn't just the place that he was born was messy. The world in which he was born was a messy world and still is a messy world. And he came with a messy plan to save the world. And I am thankful for the salvation of Jesus Christ. I mean, it's not Easter, it's Christmas, but it's the birth of the Messiah that paved the way for our salvation. So I think on a Wednesday night we can lift our hands and say, thank you, God, for saving me. Thank you, Lord, for the peace that I have in living for you. Come on. It might be a little different Wednesday night, but we can still lift up holy hands and say, where would I be if it had not been for that dirty little messy barn, that dirty little messy cave, that dirty little manger that you were born in? Lord, I'm so thankful that you came to a messy world to heal me of my messy disease and to save me of my messy sin that I am living in. A king was born in a cattle trough. Think about it. The King of kings, uh, the Lord of lords, the creator of the universe. uh, He could have been born anywhere, but he was born in probably one of the messiest places uh, that that has ever existed and will ever exist. Uh, He stooped so low to come among us, uh, making himself a servant for our sake. That is the King of kings. Uh, That is the Lord of lords that we serve. It's amazing to me that the God of the universe, the Lord of lords, as I just mentioned, he came to us... uh, in such a messy, such a filthy, such a smelly place. But why would he do that? Isaiah 53 and 6 says, All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. So why did he come in a messy barn? Because he knew there was going to be messy people who needed the precious blood of the Lamb to forgive us of our sin. I am thankful tonight that Jesus Christ has come to deliver us of the things that we face. This afternoon in the office, we were talking and uh, we were writing some letters and um, some, some, some churches are blessed with millionaires. Um, we're blessed with very generous people, but we're also blessed to have members of our church who are incarcerated. And so this afternoon, Pastor and I were writing letters to people who are a part of our church who can't be here on a weekly basis because of the circumstances uh, that they find themselves in. And we were laughing about this, uh, not in a disingenuous way, not in a rude way, but we just found ourselves chuckling about how some pre- how some preachers get to brag about their saints, and the saints that we get to brag about are 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 quite different than other preachers of the saints that they brag about. And, 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 and so we're thankful for the opportunity, but we just found that as a humorous moment. And then that's when the thought came to me that ministry is messy. And I began to think of how Christ came to the earth in such a messy situation for our messy situations. Jesus came not only to a messy barn, but he came to save a messy world. He came to save us. He came to offer the hope of salvation salvation to a hopeless uh, people. That's why tonight uh, I'm preaching that you can have hope uh, through the holiday season. For many people, the holiday season is a dreaded time. Uh, For many people, nobody wants to face the holidays because health issues or family issues or financial issues and all of that is valid and I'm I'm not belittling that. uh, But what I am saying is through the middle of your reality, you can feel the hope uh, of Jesus Christ. Uh, You might not have the hope of an unlimited budget to spoil your kids how you wish 
you could, but you can have the hope that you have a God in heaven who loves you, that no matter how far you run from him, you cannot outrun his grace. You cannot outrun his goodness. Come on. His his love is so good that it chases us. When we run from him, his grace still follows us. His love is still with us. That's why he holds us so tightly in his hand. And I'm thankful. I'm thankful for that. We don't preach it in eternal security. We don't preach the doctrine of once saved, always saved. But we do preach that if you fall down, you can get back up. The only reason you stay down is because you choose to live down. But thanks to the blood of Jesus Christ, you can get back up. You can turn around. Maybe you're having difficulty in your family and you made a mistake talking with someone or handling a situation. It doesn't have to be that you're running and doing drugs and all kinds of crazy sin. It could be just as simple as a harsh word that you wish you wouldn't have said. The Lord can forgive you of that. He can restore that relationship. I've come to preach to you tonight that the Lord is a heart mender. He is a soul saver. And you cannot be too bad that the grace of God cannot reach you. Come on, for such were some of you tonight. But thanks be to the blood of Jesus Christ, we can stand here today and say, I am delivered. I am redeemed. I am a child of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. So why did he come in a messy barn to save a messy world? Because the good shepherd was coming to take good care of his sheep. He was coming to take good care of his sheep. Shepherds or good shepherds do three things. A, a good shepherd lives where the sheep live. He sleeps where they sleep, and he eats where they eat. And that's what Jesus Christ did when he came to this earth. Luke chapter 2 says this, And this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, laying in a manger. And just as those wise men found the baby lying in a manger, tonight you and I can find the presence of God. We have access to the throne room of God. Come on, we don't have to have a high priest that goes into the holiest of holies on our behalf now, but we have an advocate with the Father. We have direct access, and now, thanks be to God, we have that same Spirit living inside of us, and I'm thankful for that tonight. So the angel was talking to the wise men, and he says, this shall be a sign unto you. I've never thought about it until today, but what was that sign? What was that sign? What was the sign intended to be? Now, I can't prove this in Scripture, so just, so just go along with me here. I'm going to answer your question that you didn't know that you were going to ask me tonight. So let me give you the answer to that question that you just asked me. Maybe that Jesus, that sign is that Jesus is accessible to everyone. That the God who owns the cattle on a thousand hills can relate to a homeless person because he had nowhere to lay his head. It shall be a sign unto you that just as some of you have been rejected by friends and family, so did Jesus face rejection for he was without honor in his own country scripture says maybe you have felt the bitterness and pain of people saying things and doing things to you that should have never been said or done to you guess what so did Jesus
Jesus on the cross. He drank, he drank the bitter cup so you and I would not have to live in bitterness. That is the sign that we have a heavenly father that, uh, 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 that he is relatable to us. He is not like us. He is God. He is God all by himself. Scripture said his thoughts are different than our thoughts. His ways are better than our ways. He is not like us, but yet he felt pain. He felt the weight of sin. He felt temptation for he was tempted in the desert by the devil. The same temptation that you have felt, he has felt. And because he overcame it, thanks to his blood now being applied to our life, we too can overcome the temptations of the world. I've come to tell you tonight that you have hope this holiday season. You have hope this holiday season. Philippians chapter 2 says this. In your relationships, this is the new international version. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant. By being a servant. See, being a servant is messy. Being a servant is messy. Has anybody in here been a server in a restaurant, been a waiter or a waitress? Uh, I think Patrick one time, you worked fast food, didn't you? He worked Golden Corral. He knows about being a servant. He knows about being messy. He knows the messes that comes with serving people. And that's just a very basic example that I can make. But how much more dirty did Jesus have to see? How much more dirty did he have to get and feel when he died on the cross for all of our sins? He knows all about the mess. Why why? because he came to serve us and get us out? Out of our mess. In John 13, Jesus got down on his knees. And what did he do? He washed disciples' feet. He washed the very feet of the people, of a couple of the people who he knew would betray him. But yet he was still a servant. He, 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 he was still God. He was still God manifested in the flesh. And that's just an example for us this holiday season. You're going to be spending time with friends and family. You're going to find yourself in awkward situations with your brother-in-law or your sister-in-law or, God forbid, your mother-in-law that just irritates the fire out of you. And guess what? If Jesus could be kind and wash the people's feet who he knew was going to betray him, that means you and I can be kind to the people who have betrayed us or who will get on our nerves. Listen, I know the pressures that we face this holiday season are great. In so many different ways in this room, everybody's going to feel some form of pressure or stress or anxiety. But let me tell you, in those moments of stress and anxiety, you ought to pause and say, God, I'm thankful that because you made it through betrayal, I can make it through my anxiety. Because you made it through what you went through, you made it possible for me to make it through this stress that I am facing here tonight. Church family, I feel the Holy Ghost here. Could you just uh, lift your hands? I believe the Lord's going to help us tonight. Uh, I believe the Lord's about to minister to somebody. You've walked in the room uh, feeling heavy. You've walked in the room with the stress uh, of life. Uh, You've walked in the room with the pressures uh, of family problems or financial difficulties. Uh, But guess what? The Holy Ghost has come here tonight. Uh, The Holy Ghost is in the room tonight uh, and you don't have to leave discouraged. Uh, You don't have to leave offended you don't have to leave bitter but the holy ghost is here so jesus was born in a messy place because he was following 
a very messy plan, and we know now that that plan, of course, led to Calvary, and I've talked about that tonight. But this Christmas, I want to remind you to not forget about Christmas. Not the hustle and the bustle, not all the sparkling and the twinkling and all the gift buying. Not, not, I'm not telling you, I'm not talking about that, but I'm talking about the true meaning of the season. In the Christian magazine, Christianity Today, Caitlin Beatty wrote an article entitled, How We Forget the Poverty of Christmas. Here are a few excerpts of this article that I read this afternoon. We participate in Christmas gatherings, Christmas shopping, Christmas recitals, and of course, we will all have outreach events at our church and special services. Maybe you'll participate in charity. Maybe you'll give some of your kids old toys to a child in need to make room for the new toys. I don't know if that's charity or if that's just making room in your house. I don't know how that falls, but some of us will participate. Hopefully, many of us will participate in outreach endeavors through the church or through your own plans this Christmas. Christmas is the biggest celebration on the calendar. Christmas is the biggest celebration on the calendar. It's the biggest thing in retail. It's one of the biggest things in business. This is the season of the year where retailers get in the black. Uh, well, brick and mortar might not be doing too well this year thanks to Amazon and the online marketplaces, but this is the big part of the year. This is what matters. Uh, but Christmas has been hijacked and it's been wrapped in a package of consumerism for many of us tonight, for most of society. It's like... Uh, uh, this lady went on to say, it's like we don't trust the incarnation to sell itself. So we come to church and we have these neat little package services and we will have one uh, as our Christmas candlelight service. We will have one. So I'm not preaching against this type of stuff because it does draw people in and we do want to draw people into the presence of God who wouldn't otherwise come. But look, uh, we can't just come in this Christmas season and, ha- and talk about the four steps uh, to having a perfect life and living for God because people in this world are not living a perfect life. They don't understand a perfect life. They're not, tr- they're not wanting to come to church and hear about what the Greek meaning of a word is, even though that's very important, and I believe that's important for us to have sound, doc- sound doctrine. But many people tonight who are in need of salvation are, 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 are not really wanting to get saved. They're just wanting to have the cancer in their body healed. They're just wanting to have a marriage that's halfway peaceful. Uh, being saved is the last thing on their mind. They're just wanting kids that act right. So that's why this holiday season we're having revival services believing uh, that yes, Jesus is the reason for the season, but it's not just gifts uh, under a tree. It's the fact uh, that the power of God can save you. The power of God can rearrange you. So this is what uh, we need to focus on this holiday season. This lady went on to say, and maybe that's our problem. We think the incarnation of Jesus Christ is not strong enough to grow our churches. It's not strong enough to change lives. But I'm here to tell you tonight that it is. The birth of Jesus Christ led to the bloodshed of Jesus Christ. And it's still enough to save people from their sins. Look, we do all the productions. We have all the fancy lights. But that won't save anybody. I love all that stuff. We uh, uh, we use all that stuff. But it won't change a heart. It 
it won't change a life. A cute sermon series will make you feel good, but it won't change your life. We must have the power of the Holy Spirit at work in our lives. And if we want it at work in our church, it at first has to be at work in our life. If we want a powerful church, we ought to have a powerful prayer life. If we want a revival church, then there ought to be some dead things in our life that are being resurrected, coming back to life in Christ. Come on, I don't care if you've served God for two years or 20 years. There's some dead things in every life in the room tonight that the Lord needs to resurrect. The Lord needs to resurrect some prayer in us. The Lord needs to resurrect some fasting in us. The Lord needs to resurrect some brotherly love in us. The Lord needs to resurrect some fellowship and the spirit of hospitality and brotherly love. The Lord has much work to do in the sinners, but he also has much work to do in us. And I say tonight, God, I am available to you. If I want hope for the holidays, then I open my heart up and I say, God, you work in my heart. God, you work in my mind. You rearrange the way I see people and the way I treat people and the things that I do. God, rearrange it. Remove any impure motive from my heart. Remove any impure thought from my heart. Lord, renew in me a right spirit. Renew in me a right heart, oh God. I must be saved. Lord, Lord, I don't want to just go through a holiday season participating in Christian things but not being a Christian. Lord, let your spirit live within me this holiday season. If that's your prayer, can you just lift your hands and say, God, renew in me a clean heart, oh God. Renew me a right spirit, Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. So you've walked in here carrying burdens. Many people are living under a heavy burden tonight. All of us are in one way or another. We all have stress, maybe anxiety, fear, maybe all kinds of thoughts that we shouldn't have, maybe all kinds of things we're doing that we shouldn't be doing. It, it seems to always happen at Christmas time. Have you ever realized that? The bad stuff always seems to happen at Christmas time. It, just, it, 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 can, it can just be a really dark time of the year if we let it. But I've come here to tell you tonight that, that while bad things might happen in your world this Christmas, while dark things might happen to you or to your family this Christmas, you don't have to live a dark life. You can have the hope of Jesus Christ living in you and his peace, peace, wonderful peace coming down from the Father above. Sweep over my spirit. That's what I'm praying. Lord, let there be peace. Let there be, Lord, Lord, let there be peace in our hearts. Let there be peace in this home. Let this be a church of peace. Let this be a, 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 a church who is focused on the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. Is that what you need in your, in your circumstances? Is that what you need in your family, in your health, in your body? God, I might not understand it, Lord. I might not like the pathway that you are lighting before me, but I'm thankful for your peace, oh God. At Christmas, it seems the sorrow and brokenness seems to alienate many of us because some of us, you know, have you ever felt like you're the only one going through something? When you're in the middle of a fight, you feel like you are the only one in the middle of a fight. Nobody's ever had it worse. Maybe I'm the only one that has a good old-fashioned pity party. I can have me, myself, and I a pity party. I'm talking I can get myself down that nobody's ever faced the things I've done. Nobody's felt the things I've, I've felt. Nobody's been treated like I've been treated. I can really get there. And that's a trick of the enemy to make us think that we are 
are all alone and we are all isolated. Think about that's what he did to Job. He isolated Job uh, where friends and family turned on him. Uh, but yet Job had the heart to say, no matter what comes my way, uh, I'm still going to trust the Lord. Uh, Pastor mentioned it this past Sunday morning. Naked did I come into the world. Uh, I came into the world with, uh, uh, with nothing and I might leave with nothing. Uh, but that does not take away the fact that God is good. Uh, he is sovereign. Uh, and while I'm in the middle of this storm, uh, Lord, you are still on the throne. While I'm facing this sickness, I might not like it. You are still a healer. If you never heal me, you are still a healer. If you never provide the need and the miracle that I need right now, it does not mean that you are not a provider. You are still a provider. If peace never comes to my family, it doesn't take away from the fact that you are still the prince of peace. If my marriage doesn't get fixed, it doesn't take away from the fact that you are a counselor. Come on, somebody. That's who we serve. No matter what you face, no matter what you face, God can reach you. He can reach you. So we carry burdens. You can take a drive through Market Street in the Woodlands. Have it, has, has anybody driven through there the last couple of weeks, the last few days? Man, it will give you all the Christmas feels. I mean, if there is, if there is an inch of space in that place that's not sparkling, by tomorrow they're going to put something on it to make it sparkle. I mean, it is Christmas wrapped up in a perfectly marketed box to make you want to spend your money. So, so you just drive through that area, you'll see all the festivities, you'll see all the kids and families playing on the lawn around the Christmas tree with the lights changing colors to the music. You will see all of that. Uh, but what we need to remember is that Jesus uh, is with us. So you can drive through that area and you can get depressed because your finances uh, might not be in a place to where you can enjoy the, uh, all, all of the blessings of buying what you want to buy and all of that. Uh, but we need to realize that that is not what Christmas uh, is about. Uh, what Christmas is about is the fact that Christ deliberately came to be with us in the messiness of the world. He didn't come to be with us in the twinkling lights and the highlight rule of our life. He came to us when we were at our lowest. For yet when we were sinners, Christ died for us. I've come to tell you tonight in the middle of your mess, God is with you. You might not seem and you might not feel him, but that does not change his nature. That does not change who he is tonight. So let me speak to the dry bones in the room tonight that there is a wind coming uh, that you might not see the bones of, uh, uh, of dead things in your life moving, uh, but you just hang on. You keep on doing what you know to do. Uh, and before long, that dead situation uh, is coming back to life. Uh, and that hopelessness that you live in will be turned into hope. Uh, that sorrow that you feel right now will be turned into joy. We are not alone in our sorrows. Uh, hear me tonight. We are not alone in our sorrows. Uh, instead, uh, when we are in our sorrows, uh, we are closer to the real reason why Jesus came. So tonight you can give your burdens to Jesus. This is my altar call. This is my plea. If you want to go ahead and stand with me at 807, you can stand with me. We won't be much longer, but I want to remind you about Psalms 55 and 22 where it says, cast your burdens to the Lord and he shall sustain you. He shall never permit the righteous to be moved. If you look up what that original word means, I 
just talked about. This isn't really why we come to church. But if you do look up the original meaning, uh, moved means shaken. Uh, so you might feel like your world is shaken right now. But guess what? Uh, the Lord is with you. Uh, and you can cast your burdens on him. And when you cast uh, your burdens on him, he will sustain you. Uh, you might feel like tonight you're at the end of your rope. Uh, if you're at the end of your rope, that's the best place to be. That means you're at the beginning of God's rope. Uh, you're at the beginning of God's provision. Uh, you're at the beginning of his miracle working power. Uh, if you're at the end of your rope, that means you've done all you can do. Uh, but what does scripture say? When I, you've done all you can do, what do we need to do? We need to just stand. Uh, stand firm and see the salvation of the Lord tonight. Uh, stand firm and watch God work a miracle in your family. Uh, stand firm. Cast your burdens on the Lord and watch as he works. Could you just lift your hands with us uh, tonight? Isaiah says this in 41, for I, the Lord your God, will hold your right hand. Uh, that's why you ought to lift your hands uh, because when I lift my hands, I open my hands uh, and I give God control to reach down over the balconies of heaven and pull me up. When I open my hands to him, guess what? He opens his kingdom to us. When I open my mouth and my heart and my mind to him, guess what? He opens everything that he has access to to us. Oh, that's it. That's it. That's it. I feel the Holy Ghost moving here tonight. Mm. Oh, he, he goes on to say, for I will hold your right hand. But then he says, fear not, I will help you. You hear me tonight. I come to you prophetically to let you know that the help of the Lord is here tonight. Your situation will change. You will not go home the same way. You will not walk out of these doors tonight like you walked in these doors. You will be the same person, but you will have a new mind. You will be the same person and with the same family. But even as you sit here tonight, God can be in your home working the things out uh, that you can't fix. Uh, God, uh, you might feel alone even right now where so many people right now are feeling uh, the power of God. You might say, well, I'm standing, but I don't feel the power of God. Uh, that's all right. Uh, you don't have to feel him to know he's working because uh, we, wa- uh, we don't walk uh, by what we see and by what we feel. Uh, we walk by what we know, uh, and we know he is a good God. Uh, we know he is a faithful God. Uh, that's why he says, uh, that's why Jesus said in Matthew 11, come to me all who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Uh, take my yoke upon you uh, and learn from me for I am gentle and lowly in heart uh, and you will find rest in your souls. Uh, some of you haven't slept good in a long time because uh, of the things that you're facing. Uh, rest is coming to your heart tonight. Uh, rest is coming to your mind tonight. Uh, all you have to do is stand firm. Uh, stand firm in the Lord's promises. Uh, stand firm claim his promises every promise in the book is yours every promise in the book is mine it doesn't matter what your situation is if God said it you can claim it tonight in the name of Jesus that's it that's it lift your voices to the Lord tonight Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, Thank you, Jesus. Uh, Come on, let me push you a little bit. Uh, Why don't you step out in the Holy Ghost now? Uh, Why don't you say, God, uh, work in me. Uh, Work in me, God. Uh, I can't live without you. I got to have you tonight. Uh, That's it. That's it. Let the Holy Ghost pour out. That's it. Let the Holy Ghost move in your heart tonight.
in the name of Jesus. I come against depression right now in the name of Jesus. I come against depression, Lord. I come against the spirit of this day that wants to tell us that we're not worthy. Oh, you are worthy tonight. You are worthy tonight. I come, I come against the spirits of doubt that says my loved ones will never be saved. They will be saved. They will be saved. You hear this preacher tonight. Your family's coming home. You hear me tonight. The Lord is at work. He is at work. He has never quit working and he never will. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your word, oh God. Thank you for your promises. Oh, come on, let's just keep this up for just a few more minutes, church. Oh, yes, Lord. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, uh, this is why we came. You didn't come to hear me preach. Uh, You didn't come for any other reason but for the Holy Ghost to work in your heart tonight. Uh, So you ought to throw the doors of your heart and your mind open uh, and say, God, work in me. Uh, God, heal me. Uh, I am yours. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Uh, Philippians chapter 4 be anxious for nothing look at your neighbor and say don't be anxious but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving thanksgiving it's hard to be thankful without a smile on your face if you got a frown you're not thankful with thanksgiving let your requests be made known to God. And what is it going to say? And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Right now, Lord, I pray for peace. That's it. Could you lift your hands in this room? Lord, I pray for peace in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. This is my second or third time to hit this tonight, church family. The Lord wants to give somebody peace tonight. That's it. Maybe you have peace. Why don't you just pray that the Lord would minister to someone in the room that is needing peace. Or maybe someone that you know on the job. Maybe somebody in the workplace. A friend, a family member. That's it. Lord, we send your peace, God. Lord, we send your angels. Let ministering spirits be in this room ministering right now, Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Amen, 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 amen. Why don't a couple of the men in the room, why don't you gather around Brother Primo? I want to pray for his body right now, amen. He's, he's, he's doing better. He was in the hospital for a little while. He was in rehab. But I just believe the Lord can heal his body tonight, amen. Amen. If, you're, if you need special prayer tonight, just find somebody next to you and say, pray for me right now. And I believe the Holy Ghost is going to move here right now. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, you see this good man, God. Lord, you see what's going on in his body, Lord. Lord, I pray that you strengthen his legs, Jesus. You know exactly what's happening, God. Right now, Lord, I pray that you heal his body. In the name of Jesus, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. We thank you for being our healer. We thank you, Jesus. Uh, That's it, church family. Lift your voice for our brother right now. Lord, we thank you for being our healer. We thank you for being our healer. That's it. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. I love you, Jesus. 
I rejoice in the fact that you are with us. You are our comforter. You are our healer, Jesus. In the name of 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 Jesus. Thank you, Lord. That's it. Why don't you put your hands together and give God praise tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.